On this episode of Resi Week, we talk Shelly, the Leon Frame Bar, and the Apple HomePod. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 364, Breathing New Life. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential industry. I'm your host, Matthew Scott for Aviation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my closest friends. First, I have my sister, Heather Sidorowicz. She is the president of Southtown AV. How are you doing, Heather? Well, Matt, I'm a little bit in mourning over here after the Buffalo Bills terrible loss last night. But other than that, I'm, I'm just sorry. They had a great season, which doesn't help at all. But, you know. Mm-mm, doesn't ease the pain. Not a bit. Not a bit. Won't matter one way or another what kind of season they had. No, it doesn't. Never does. Uh, that right there is Mitchell Klein. He's the executive director of the Z-Wave Alliance. How you doing, sir? Excellent. Glad to be back again, Matt, and be with Heather. Happy New Year to you both. Happy Lunar New Year as well. It's, uh, it's been a goodish start we'll go with. We'll go with that. No, not really, but we'll go with it. Otherwise, we have to say it's been a bad start, and that's not encouraging either. How about a slow start? A slow start works. I have not had a slow start. This has been the busiest slow start I've ever had. I feel like I've been slingshotted into 2023, actually. So <laughs> we, we didn't really take a holiday, so it's been a bit of a hot mess um, over here, but that's that's a whole other story. Yeah, well, when you're preparing for CES. Anyway, sorry about that. Okay. CES, ISE, everything's... But you be doing all that preparation. You know, you're not relaxing before the new year, and then bang, you're in. So Yeah, yeah it just kicks off real fast. All right, this comes to us from CE Pro. Shelly adds eight new smart home products to their Pro and Plus series. If you haven't heard of Shelly, don't feel bad. I hadn't either until uh, either. Our, our producer Mitchell sent this over to us. Um, they did debut, uh, or sorry, they did exhibit at CES. Uh, they are a uh, smart home division of um, Alterico Robotics out of the U.S. Um, who, who makes these. They've got some pretty cool things. What I wanted to touch on, though, was the fact that it's all DIN rail mounted. Um, they all act as uh, Wi-Fi extenders and or Bluetooth extenders. Um, they can do a whole bunch of really interesting kind of cool things. Hey, Heather, I want to start with you on this one. Who is deploying these? Like, I, I, I love the concept of DIN rail. We don't use it. We use it for patching speaker cable right now. That is the only thing that we use DINRAIL for uh, internally. I want to use it. It looks cool. It looks great. My European friends are like, DINRAIL is the best. And they have all these cool products that, for the most part, we don't have here. Um, obviously, these are these are sold here. But I'm not sure where I'm using these, if I'm using these at all. Where do these fit into the average integrator's business? That's a really good question that I don't know the answer to. Um, they awesome. You know, I, on to I, Mitch. Almost feel, <laughs> I almost feel like we've like stalled out on the home EV world, right? So some of it's become so simple that we're deploying it over and over again. But has there been any great new change that's like a disruptor to our industry? I don't think so, unless I'm missing something. But I have not seen any crazy disruptor. We're seeing that these nudges, maybe Shelly's a nudge, mm-hmm. but I don't think that it's going to be anything that's going to gain 
crazy popularity anytime soon unless you're introducing that in conjunction with dot 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 you know in conjunction with sonos to make it more such and such i mean mm -hmm. releasing a great new product is really just the beginning of a very tall difficult uphill climb i i, I saw somebody just before we go to mitch I, I saw somebody online who was using nf nfc tags to like automate a bunch of stuff and they were using their iphone to to do all this crap and I'm watching the video and she's going through like how she uses it for tracking vitamins and all this other, other stuff. And I'm like, but why? I didn't, I didn't know it was that hard. And, and I get for some right. people that's very, very helpful, but. Right. There are certain people who want 27 buttons to do 27 different things, but most people, if we're talking about the industry as a whole, no. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I don't, I'm very confused. Mitchell, um, the thing I was curious about with this, that, that kind of hit me off is they've got a uh, a pro 3 em uh din rail three phase energy meter with bluetooth and lan which i did find interesting i like anything that is an energy monitor but to date really the only energy monitoring that we've done for clients and again i'm talking about my own business so i'm a one-off in that sense um We've used Envision from, from Surgex to trace energy issues, not necessarily monitor it. Um, are we getting closer to the point of putting energy monitoring in some way, shape, or form onto most of our projects? What, when, is, when is that going to turn? So let's just go, let's go to Shelly for a moment, okay? I mean, it's yeah. just an interesting name for a company. We were talking about that earlier, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I had seen them and become familiar with the brand in Europe because they're based out of Bulgaria. Yep. Um, so again, who knows what Shelly means in Bulgarian, but it's probably not a first name. Um, and to be quite candid, I wasn't very interested in it either. It looked kind of like weird stuff and din rail, which doesn't really have much relevance uh, in North America. And uh, then they acquired a company that I'm very familiar with called uh, GoApp or the product is called Cubino, which no one on this call has ever heard of either, but uh, they're a big Z-Wave supplier for sensors and other devices on cruise ships and things like that. So anyway, getting to the point, uh, they were at Cedia, and hence I was kind of brought over to see what the, I'm sorry, CES, the other C one, CES. And so I was brought over to their booth and started looking at their products. And the first thing I noticed was all the DIN rail. And I said to him, like, uh, Din rail in the U.S. He goes, oh yeah, professionals all use that. I'm like, okay, which professionals are these? Because yeah, yeah, I've never ones? seen din rail. You know, <laughs> maybe, maybe in building automation on the commercial side, but I don't think so. But either way, I look past that, and they also have the the devices that go behind the switches in the workbox. Mm -hmm. They also have some other plug-in devices that actually will plug into a wall to manage the energy consumption out of that particular outlet. So they're really getting very big into energy energy monitoring. So you can do it at the panel, at the circuit breaker, at the outlet, at the device level. Don't ask me for the use case, but I'm just saying what you can do with it, yeah. okay? And the other thing what's interesting is that you can program these devices to actually monitor the cost of electricity because it will make a direct connection to your electricity, your electrical supplier. So you could program it to say, only turn on the switch uh, or run this circuit breaker during certain times when prices are at certain costs. Okay. 
Now, again, they come out of Bulgaria. So as we know, energy is very expensive in Europe. And mm -hmm. these things make a whole lot of sense in Europe, right? Um, in the US or in Canada, I'm not so sure about that yet. But this is a brand to pay attention to. Let me put it that way. Because at some point, you're going to want to be able to monitor the device. I just, I'm kind of with you, Heather. I don't know really where the use case is uh, specific to, uh, you know, our customers. They can, they can afford the, the electricity. It's, it's interesting. I know we went through um, my office kind of over, over the Christmas break a little bit, and I had so many little offshoot demos from some of the, the smaller companies that came in, you know, little boxes and, and that stuff all got turfed. Because we don't use it. Well, they it. offered me to send some, <laughs> uh, send some to me. I'm going to take them up on it and uh, let you know uh, what, you know. It's always worth, worth bringing stuff in and, and playing with it. But I know we had, and I'm not going to name the companies, um, but we had a, a, yeah. a lot of stuff that was just sitting around that we tried, looked at it and went, I don't like cool. I don't know what we do with it though. Anyways, all right, let's change topics for a second. This comes uh, to us from CE Pro. Leon Speakers is going to showcase new designer AV solutions at ISC 2023. Uh, they've got a couple new things specifically in addition to their, their normal stuff. Um, they are introducing and, and showing a their brand book, which has got 200 pages of product and installation imagery to help inspire and convey the integrity and beauty. I'm reading that um, of the Leon's product line. I'm inspired. You know what? I love this idea. I am all for this. We use, we've got a couple vendors that still do this. And honestly, most of them are not really, they're adjacent to our space, but I need way more high quality imagery from manufacturers. Sure. That would be fan stinking tastic. Um, but uh, on top of that, they are also going to show off their frame bar, which is uh, matched to the, the Samsung frame uh, in a variety of matching colors and, and styles. Uh, they're showing the tone case fit, uh, their on, entree maybe, uh, sound tile, as well as their Terra Lumen sound, outdoor speakers, and, and a bunch of other things. Mitch, let me, let me start with you on this one. <sighs> Designed speaker things are obviously uh, a big deal to a certain segment of the market. If you're an integrator who is not currently necessarily working in that, that area, that niche of segment segment. Yeah. Cause it's, it, it's niche, but it's not right. Like it, people that want something other than oh, just, what, what segment are we talking about here? The, 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 the segment that buys designer speakers. So different than a soundbar, but like where you're matching. Yeah, yeah, where, where you're where you're going over and above the box, right? Whatever that box is, whether it's a soundbar, whether it's a bookshelf, whether it's an in ceiling. How do you go from selling just those features and just those products into the more designer friendly products? You know, you mentioned it first off, which was the uh, the design book, idea book, mm -hmm. right? And I kind of made a joke about it, but in reality, that's a fabulous tool. Right. And, and who says design is only for the, for the professional designer? I mean, design matters. Um, I don't see where, you know, the average uh, 
Cedia type customers, like, I don't care about design. I'm going to put this ugly stuff up. Design counts. So I kind of think that a book like that. That's my quote. What's that? Design counts? I don't care. I'm just putting up this ugly stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that's kind of the implication here, right? There are some companies that make an entire career off that. Yeah. So, you know, (laughs) I think, you know, you need to put additional arrows in the quiver of the installers. I mean, this is stuff that can help the interior design. Why does it have to be an architect or professional designer or even a high-end home? You know, what what uh, barriers are there to the typical home? Why wouldn't you put something nice looking there? So so anyway, so I think it's awesome. Um, the answer is cost. Yeah. Well, there's cost, but again, don't sell with your own pocketbook. Oh, I agree. But I'm telling you, as someone who doesn't sell from their own pocketbook, all the, not all, many of the average consumers who ask for it, once they see the cost, they pull back. And there are, and both displays and soundbars have become so much better looking than they used to, that for most people, they're good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I, I love Leon because I like that they are at least breaking the mold and they're being creative about it. So instead of saying, hey, we're going to make our own product and not play well with others, they're saying, no, no, no. If you love Sonos, that's cool. We'll make your Sonos look even better. We'll match it even more. And I I really appreciate the fact that Leon does that. I I like their niche, their segment that they play in. They're a little bit different than everybody else. And they understand audio really well. Um, I love what they did with the the art wall. I, I want one, even though I don't need one. I love their liquid view. If you've ever seen that, I really, really mm-hmm. want a liquid view. Um, hint, hint, Leon. No, I, I mean, I like that. And I agree, Heather. So if you say most of your customers, that means the rest of them would get it. Yeah. So if you don't show it, if you don't talk about it, you don't get the others. You get nothing. And they don't even know they exist because that's what they're coming to us for. I couldn't get this on the first page of Google. <laughs> so Heather, let me, let, let me ask you this. Let me... I don't want to shift the conversation, but I, I, this is something that I've experienced a ton. I've hear, heard other integrators experience it specifically with something like the frame designers will spec the frame because it over looks like a over picture. And over again. It's the only TV. It's the only T and it, with all due respect, it is a fantastic TV. It works really, really well. Yeah. Until it breaks and then good luck. <laughs> well, yes, but that's the same. Let's be fair. That's the same with That's all different. of them now. Um, eh, we had a bunch of problems with Sony last week. Um, anyways, I digress. Yeah, it's true. Anyways, we're not getting into that one. What I'm curious about is we continually see pushback, right? With you've spec the frame or someone spec the frame or a very pretty display that can be art at some point. And then you say, hey, we're also going to do, in this case, you know, a really nice frame bar that'll match. It'll look great. It'll mostly disappear onto the wall. And the designers say, but it's still a big bar under my picture, which is not what pictures have. Um, have you been to a museum in your life? And then you lose the, the mm-hmm. either, either you lose the, the audio aspect of that project or. Which is crazy you've frustrated the heck out of the designer because you're going to put this big bar in anyways. Is there any good solution to that? 
Yes. Leanne used to make, um, and they might still, but they a custom soundbar, their own custom soundbar. So you would give them dimensions to whatever TV you had, and they would build the soundbar. And I, I've done that on a commercial setting. On multiple floors, we had the display and the custom soundbar that matched the display. And, mm -hmm. and then there's some others, like Paradigm made one eventually, and others did. Take that same concept and then put the frame around it. So if there was a way to pull that, like have, have a connection with Samsung and say, we'll make a soundbar that matches the 65, the 75, and the 85, and then put the frame around the whole thing. Well, now I'm back to a picture. I'm back to a rectangle. Mm -hmm. And I can still hide that. There's, there are ways to do it if you think a little bit beyond. Because I agree with you. You wouldn't see in a museum or on a photograph, there isn't a secondary rectangle underneath that. But there are ways to make it work within if you're going that far. I, I've always been impressed with the the mock-ups of um, Architectural Digest is actually kind of bad for this. They will Photoshop out the TVs. Mm -hmm. And just like every home and garden show says, don't put a TV in the living room. Yeah. Except that that's what everybody wants. They want a picture over the fireplace. They definitely don't want a TV in this room. They These people are so fancy. They don't ever watch TV. They don't like sports. Mm -hmm. They don't like drama. Nope. Nothing. No TVs anywhere. They only watch the PBS news. That's it. No, they don't even watch that. It's it's just MSNBC. Or Fox News. No, those people have big TVs. <laughs> they have them on their boat with their flags, remember? <laughs> All right. Let's change topics one last time. This comes to us from Hidden Wires. Uh, Apple has reintroduced the HomePod, and in that's a big woohoo! Yes, yeah, so sort of, kind of. Not have really. to reintroduce it because no one knew about it. Well, they did. They bought it and then they put it in a box because it sucked. Um, but they didn't bring this out to any fanfare. It was literally an email that was sent out uh, to journalists and and a couple of partners. It's updated. It's got a Gen 2 nomenclature to it. it it's, it's, it's very odd. Um, Does, do any of us know anybody who has this in their home? An air, a HomePod? I do. I know a couple people that have them. I know nobody. Mitch? No. Nope. I don't know. No. I don't know anyone. So, Heather, let me, let me ask you this. Does this have, at this point, does this have any bearing, not necessarily on our market, but on like the smart home market at all. Negative Ghost Rider. Nothing? You don't think it matters? Negative Ghost Rider. Okay, it does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's got matter in I'll it. I'll be your contrarian. Yeah, be, be the contrarian. It's got matter in it. I mean, I'm your contrarian. <laughs> it's going to work with their version of HomeKit, which they're loosely not forgetting about is kind of the best way to put it, I think. Um, breathing life back into it is what they're doing and they're doing it with matter and they've got brands that everyone's heard of like Eve mm -hmm. and, and, and Nanoleaf and others. Not that one. Not that one. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's, it's a lot easier for, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be doing that. Um, it's, it's nice that smaller companies can actually pivot like this. So anyway, um, and then, and the new, uh, New one comes in black or like a grayish black. Yeah, it's fancy. Didn't have that before. I mean. Nope. Look at that. See? It's midnight, actually. It's midnight. Oh, midnight? Midnight. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So um, Apple released a bunch of new products over the last 
couple of months without any fanfare as well. A new Mac, mm-hmm. I believe. Yep. Uh, a couple other things I know. So this kind of fit the pattern of no pattern with Apple releases. Um, and actually, Apple is really paying attention to the smart home. They've invested a huge amount of time and code to that, to that effect to matter. They've been very active in actually leading one of the main uh, working groups for for uh, for matter. So they're very much big into it in the background. We haven't really seen that outside of the industry yet, but you will. I mean, just patience. In the next, I don't know. I'll be sarcastic and saying the next five years, but I think you'll start seeing so more and more. Point where you said this, this does matter, but now on the other side of it, you're saying the next five years. So does this matter yeah. today? No. That's what I'm saying. It's exactly my point. Yeah. Right? Like, so no, really, this will not make a difference nor dent in the current smart home world. Um, yes, there will be a handful of users to say, sure, I use it, but no. Is Apple's, in your opinion, is Apple's play with matter, is it at this point strictly a software play? Or do you do you do you think that they are going to somehow grow into a stronger hardware base? Given that currently the only thing in their ecosystem that is supporting matter that they're involved in is the HomePod and potentially down the road the Apple TV which currently has been their brains for HomeKit. Yeah, and that's probably where it's going to play right now. And they'll okay. try and build the ecosystem around it. Now, that being said, Apple has more capacity than anybody else combined. We could take every smart home company, combine them, and they wouldn't even be close to the power that Apple has. But I don't think Apple's looking at this as a profit puppy. So why would they commit that kind of dollars unless they were after something, right? The reason that Amazon does it is because they're, create their data mining. I mean, whether how much they're listening or not, they're still data mining. Yeah. Amazon wants to sell product. Their whole point is to sell stuff and they're using that data to sell stuff. Apple isn't doing that. So there'd have to be a way for them to make money back. And it might be all the pieces of the pie that they have, you know, arcade and Apple music and fitness and all those pieces together and the wearables. The ability that they could have would be amazing. I yeah. come home from with, and I'm listening to my Apple CarPlay and it seamlessly goes to my house and plays my music or vice versa. Or it knows, I mean, your phone, if you don't pay attention, already knows that you're going to go to work in 15 minutes and we'll say, hey, there's traffic or not. Because Apple Maps already is paying attention to where you're going. They have the ability. But at this point, I just don't think that they're interested in the game until they can figure out a way to really profit off of it. That's a great point. And I... Oh, as much as I work with some of them, don't have any insights into this at all. None. You know what would be you know what would be interesting is if Apple decides to throw matter into their watches. Because Heather, that's that's something that I have not thought of before. Right, like geofencing, all these things. Like, why do I have? Oh my gosh, that could be massive. All right, I'm going to call Tim. Apple's invested heavily into ultra wideband, uh, yeah. and you already have that on your phone and. Uh, I'm not so sure they're going to put matter into your watch, but you never know. It's no, but even if they can just use it as an input, what's the matter with you? Oh, wow. All right. And on that terrible joke, uh, we're going to, we're going to end it. Mitch, if people want to connect with you, uh, learn more. (laughs) 
I can't even pull out of that one easily. <laughs> Mitch, if people want to connect with you, learn more about the Z-Wave Alliance, visit visit you guys at ISE. Uh, how can they do that? Uh, just uh, send me an email, Mitch at ZWaveAlliance.org. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. Heather, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Southtown AV uh, and everything you're doing over in the Buffalo area, how can they connect with you? Um, it's SouthtownAV.com. If you're looking for me, it, you could you could Google me. But uh, Tech Chi on Twitter, Tech underscore Chi. Um, Heather at SouthtownAV.com. Excellent. Thank you, my friends. Uh, thank you for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and most other social platforms. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.